coming up on today's swim episode. Again, the biggest problem that you will ever face as a musician or as a creator is chasing an idea or a mindset that leads to absolutely nothing. I mean, at the end of the day, the music world, a music career, it's a grind because you have a ton of... This is Swim Success with Music. Yo, what's going on, everybody? You are listening to the Success with Music podcast, and we abbreviate that by calling it the Swim podcast. And my name is Walt. I am your music coach. And this is a podcast for singers, songwriters, beat makers, music students, any and everyone who is about the music life. This podcast is absolutely for you. Again, my name is Walt. I appreciate you listening to the show as always. And the goal of the show is to provide you with some tips, insight and advice to help you take your music career your music production, your music dreams to the next level in today's episode. Hopefully, we'll uh, you know, steer you in that direction. So we've been away for uh, just a while here, and uh, some of that has been just um, due to the crazy election season in this country. Uh, we're here in the United States, if you don't know. And yeah, it's been quite interesting, to say the least. As we speak, it's still interesting, even though the elections are over and there's a projected winner. Yeah. Anyhow, we're not going to get into politics whatsoever because I'm so over that at this point. But uh, just kind of catching you up on where we are as you're listening to this podcast, especially if you're listening to it around the time that it has come out. Uh, Nonetheless, uh, if you are sick of the election like I am, today will be a day where we can take our mind off of it and get back to grinding on what matters, music. All right, let's do it. All right, so today I have a, a topic that will hopefully give you some encouragement, insight, and direction in being distracted and being taken off task as a music creator. So today we're going to talk about some myths surrounding music success, around production, around your music career. And I want to debunk and uncover the the, the false nature of these myths so that you don't get stuck mentally, you don't get stuck in the creative process by chasing things that are really not based on anything other than... widely spread misinformation, if I can put it that way. So nonetheless, I want to go ahead and get to it. So today, uh, if you're going to keep track here, we have about five different uh, ideas that I want you to really think about with respect to myths in music success. All right, so let's get to it. All right, so... When you are pursuing your music craft or your music career, the biggest waste of time and the biggest energy destroyer for you will be chasing an idea or a mindset that literally leads to nothing. Again, the biggest problem that you will ever face as a musician or as a creator is chasing an idea or a mindset that leads to absolutely 
nothing. I mean, at the end of the day, the music world, a music career, it's a grind because you have a ton of competition. There's a ton that you need to do to get people engaged in your product, to like your product, to follow you and things like that. Life is already hard enough. You make it exponentially harder by following things that really don't provide any substantive help for what you're trying to accomplish as a musician. Again, it can take you, some of these myths can actually take you in the opposite direction, have you go backwards. And that's the last thing you want to do. So I want to go through five things that you should keep your ears and eyes open for as a music creator. All right. So let's go with uh, tip number one, the mirage mindset. As the tip title would suggest, there is a mindset that some musicians have to where they see something off in the distance and they're thinking to themselves, if I keep marching in that direction, if I can get there, then I will be satisfied. So that's just like a mirage. You've seen the cartoons or you've seen the movies, right? You're in the desert somewhere and you're thirsty. You're just dying and you see this glistening pool of water way off in the distance. You're walking, you're walking and you get to that spot and you realize there's absolutely zero payoff. And that happens with a lot of musicians when they adopt the the mirage mindset. What is that specifically? I'm talking about thinking that when you get that next plug-in, uh, when you get that new microphone, when you finally upgrade your monitors or whatever, at that point in time, that's when you're going to start turning out real hot tracks, real bangers, and that's when your career will turn around. And I'm telling you that if you have that mindset and you're always thinking about the next piece of gear or the, the next uh software, piece of software that you need to buy. And if and only then when you have that, then you will have success. I'm telling you that you are killing yourself, absolutely killing yourself. Now, don't get me wrong. There are some extreme situations to where if you're trying to be a beat maker and you have zero software to work with, yeah, you need software. That's the obvious thing. I'm talking about you got some halfway decent software. You have some halfway decent uh, factory plugins. You have a, a microphone that can actually record sound. Sure, you may not be in a multi-billion dollar studio, but hey, your little home set up in your closet with your blanket hanging up on the wall or your mattress or whatever suffices as a sound booth. But you're thinking, no, if I get into the studio or if I do this, if I do that, then I will be successful. I'm telling you, I've watched musicians over the years. I've done this to where when you get that thing, the very next moment you're going to be thinking about, oh, you know what? But what I need in addition to that is X. And I'm telling you that as a musician, this is a never ending cyclical battle that you will fight. There's nothing wrong with getting gear. There's nothing wrong with uh, upping what you have. But thinking that at that point you're going to have success, that that is absolutely wrong. So what I'm saying to you is take what you have and I'm telling you work that thing until it sounds like completely amazing. A quick story. Many years ago, when I first started my studio, I had a major TV network that I was trying to pitch on uh, sending some music to and having my music featured in some of the, the, the TV shows and things like that. I was talking to one of the head people in this TV department. Now, mind you, I just started my company. If I remember correctly, I think I was still working out of my apartment, like out of my son's bedroom out of my weird makeshift studio. I mean, it was ultra low budget. So anyhow, 
I reach out to this uh, exec and we're talking back and forth. Um, I had my website set up. I had some literature about my studio and things like that. I took the things that I had, my sample tracks, my website, my little uh, e-brochures, everything that I presented to him was ultra high quality. He sees this and says, oh, you know what, Walt, we can't afford you. We can't work with a company in a studio of your size. And I'm thinking, bruh, I'm literally working out of my apartment. Now, I didn't say that to him, but this is a story that stuck with me over years. I'm like, wow, you know what? My production, my presentation, I presented it at such a high level that this guy felt that I was at a completely different uh, realm in terms of just music production. My point is this. I took what I had, my little bedroom studio, and I made it work. I took my little software at that time. I made it work. My demos, I made sure that they were absolutely polished with just having basic software. So what I'm saying to you is that always remember you will be better as a musician when you can take what you have and simply make it work. Yes, you can upgrade, but don't think that you can't progress in your career until you upgrade. No, start grinding now. Start putting out material now. Start recording now and incrementally build as you go along. All right. I think I spent enough time on that tip. Let's go on to the next one here. So this next one here is about the well-meaning musician. All right, so I have another story for you, right? So I was recently working on this track, and actually the track was pretty much finished. And um, I, I kind of liked the track. It was it was a nice, um, I'm not going to go into the style of it, but I love the track. I mean, I listened to the production. I listened to the mixing. I was pretty pleased with what I, come, what I had come up with. Fine. There's only one thing about it that I was really kind of not, totally feeling although it was okay and that was the guitar the guitar tracks i had in this in the song now i'm not i play guitar but i'm not like a highly proficient guitar player i have a friend he is literally like a virtuoso i've mentioned him multiple times on on the show so i'm like hey you know what i'm gonna let him hear this track and get his feedback as to what he thinks about my, my music track Fine. I send the track to him. He's like, all right, yeah, I'm feeling it, blah, blah, blah. So he tells me what, about uh, what, what I can do in the guitar. I'm like, yeah, sweet. Now, the problem came in where once he was done with that, he was like, hey, Walt, so those drums, right? Um, if I were you, I would have someone track those drums live. You need to have a live drum player in there. That will really make this 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 track pop. And I'm thinking... I didn't even know I had a problem with my drum kit, quite frankly, or my my rhythm in this track until he said something. Now, this was just his opinion. And now, mind you, he is a high level producer. There's no question about it. But I felt like my track was perfectly fine. For a split second, I started to think, well, man, maybe I should go back. And I caught myself. I'm like, absolutely not. I am not going to go back and completely undo all of this work I put in on the rhythm section of this of, of this song just because my well-meaning musician friend had a difference of opinion. I guarantee you that when I let someone hear this track, the, the average listener, they will never be able to tell that it's not a real drummer, ever. That one I'm absolutely confident on. But because he's another musician, he knows some of the, 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 uh, the, the soft sense and the different software that I use, of course he can tell. But but the average listener, they wouldn't know. And let's say they did know. Do they care if I'm using program drums versus, you know, drum uh, a live drummer? No. The point is, if that were you, 
Some of you will get distracted. You're like, oh, that's wrong. Oh, I should do this. And then you'll run off and start making changes to something that really does not need to be changed. So the point being is that musicians sometimes will offer other musicians very distracting tips and insight that will send you running down some weird rabbit trail. I'm going to tie this point to the previous one. You may get a hold of your musician and they're like, yeah, the track is nice, but what kind of microphone are you using? You're like, I'm using the budget 2000. And it's like, okay, you know what? What you need to do is buy the Monster 3000X and then your your vocals are going to shine. So you spend all your time and energy trying to come up on that mic. You finally come up on that mic because of the the recommendation of another musician. You're going to let someone hear it and then someone's going to be like, dude, what, what kind of preamp are you using? And there you go. You're going to start going into a big circle. My point being is that take the advice, take the input of other musicians, but be very careful. The average listener for your song, they are not musicians. And so when musicians start to weigh in on your track and you allow them to distract you to the point where you don't even want to create anymore or creating or finish your song, finishing your song takes forever. That is a problem. And it's a myth that you can't get suckered into. All right, so tip number three, or myth number three, if you will, thinking that practice and constant songwriting is not that big of a deal. If you are a musician, if you are a singer, rapper, producer, beat maker, whatever, if you are not practicing on a regular basis, if you are not songwriting on a regular basis, do not think that you're going to magically just pop out some type of chart topping track or song it just won't happen don't think that you're going to magically become some accomplished musician without practice it just will not happen again it's a myth and now some of you maybe are already mentally debating me or maybe even debating me out loud sure you can luck up on a song but that's like winning the lottery what are the odds that you come across a hot song out of nowhere when you've put in no practice you have to practice in order to make your music pop and really shine. There's this guy that I know. uh, He's actually from Australia and he's worked with some really big names around the world, folks that a lot of people know. And he goes around and he consults and things like that. Prior to COVID, um, you know, I saw him uh, maybe a couple of years ago. But one of the things that stuck with me when I heard from him, he's like, hey, he's written hundreds of songs. He said something very interesting. He said that out of all of the hundreds of songs, he said 200 specifically, he said that for every 200 songs, he feels that he will write a banger or really good song. So out of every 200 songs he writes, he feels that one will wind up being a really definitive, like long lasting, amazing song. Think about what I'm saying. Well, think about what he's saying. He's saying that out of all of the songs he's written, only a small fraction will wind up having the impact that he really wanted it to have. Now, you've heard about this before. You've heard about the one hit wonders out there, right? You hear about them because, you know, the songs are on you know playlists and, 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 and things like that. The point is, if you don't write on a regular basis, you just kind of write every so often. What are the odds that you are going to turn out a chart topping song when you barely practice, when you barely pick up your instrument, when you barely put music down? The odds are completely against you. So the point is, 
we as musicians have to get into the habit of creating on a regular basis, not thinking that you're going to sit down with that one idea that you had in the middle of the night and that that is going to be that amazing song. It may wind up being trash, but as you put that song down, you start to basically practice your craft. You practice song structure. You practice rhyming. You practice with melody structures. You practice, the list can go on. The point is, the more you write, the better you will be as a musician. The less you write, the less your songs will impact people. It's just a fact. So don't get psyched into the idea that not engaging with your craft on a regular basis has zero consequence. Your music will just be aight at best. Now, let's talk about um, myth number four, which I'm going to kind of tie into myth number three, which we just uh, got off of. Achieving your own sound is hard. That's a myth. If you do what I just mentioned in step number three, you just practice your craft, you practice your craft, eventually you will start to develop your own unique style. It may be that you um, start to create rhythm patterns that you're incredibly adept in because you've practiced them so many times or you've produced them so many times. Maybe you will become, I don't know, better at counterpoint. If you don't know what counterpoint is, you can look it up. It's combining uh, different melodic melodic lines in a uh, musical composition. So basically you have two melodies working at the same time. Some songs have this double melody, as it were. It's a phenomenal, infectious thing that you can do, but it takes skill, a skill that you can develop by practicing a lot. But the point is you can develop your own sound. You may become the master of counterpoint. You may become the master in maybe, let's say, uh, mixing up two different genres that most people don't even think go together. If over time you keep practicing your craft over and over again, you will wind up having your own unique sound. Growing up, you know, I played in bands and, you know, I was in music from a very, very young age, like way back in the day. Uh, A friend of mine, even to this day, if he hears me play on the keyboard or he hears one of my tracks, invariably he will hear this movement that I use with the keyboard. It it varies. It varies by key by key. It varies in terms of rhythm pattern, but the notes, the sequence of notes, they're pretty much the same. And it's just become something that I have become very good at. And it's almost like my signature. The point is he would make fun of me like, well, you always do that in your songs. And I'm like, actually, I don't, but I've done it enough and I mastered it enough to where It has just become a part of what I do. Now, in present day with people who I'm doing a lot of music with right now, they're like, hey, Walt, whenever you sit down uh, behind the keyboard, you have a certain type of sound. I'm like, well, yeah, I know, because I personally have a thing with this particular pattern. I'm really into seconds in terms of chord structures. I'm into ninths. I'm into thirteenths. I'm also into intervals. So there's a way that I string all of those things together to where no matter what the style, no matter what the key, no matter what the tempo, I still have those things kind of operating in the background. And what it does is it gives me my own sound. You too can do that if, according to step number three, you put in the practice to the point where those things become a part of who you are and you can achieve your own sound. All right, so let's get on to uh, our last myth slash tip. And that is creating music that rivals the bigs in the industry is impossible. Of course, that's a myth. 
And you hear about this all of the time where indie artists working out of their bedroom blows up. Who comes to mind? That indie artist that just blew up. It happens, right? The point is you can, out of your bedroom with those factory plugins, <laughs> going back to tip number one, can create music that rivals the big names out there. And I know I'm oversimplifying this, and especially for those who may be sound engineers out there and who've gone to school for audio engineering and production, I know I'm going to probably drive you crazy when I say this, but this is something that I believe. When you hear the music from these big artists, in my opinion, it's just sound. Like when I hear the music for, I don't care who it is. I don't care what kind of multi-million dollar studio they went to, whatever. It's just sound. So Sure, they may have used certain outboard gear and have certain producers and use certain techniques in their their mastering chain and all this kind of stuff that gave them that sound. I get that. But at the end of the day, there's a chance that I could create something if I do it properly that can rival that. Will it be exactly what they've done? No. But could I create something with the you know a rivaling loudness or have the same maybe robust nature on the bottom end with the bass? With the bass, could I create a track that sounds big or wide or grand? Yeah, I could. I can. Right? Most popular songs that we hear on you know your 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 playlist, they're what like three and a half minutes. Can I write a three and a half minute song? Yeah. The song structure for most popular music is out there, right? You got your A, B, A, B, bridge, A, B, whatever. Why? Yeah, I can create something that rivals big names out there. Sure, it will take practice. So the point is, I don't want you to be fooled by the fact that you could never create a sound that rivals those who are at a higher level. Simply get a reference track for starters, and then start to do your own learning. Start enrolling into some online classes and things like that. Watch a ton of YouTube videos about mixing and mastering. And I guarantee you, if you practice your craft, like we talked about back in step number three, you will wind up creating consistent, tight, clean, commercial sounding music all of the time. So hopefully you've seen as I've gone through all these tips that they, they kind of uh, relate to one another. All right. So, hey, I'm hoping that today I've given you some encouragement to get back after it. Go after your music dreams. They're really not that far away. Don't get distracted by these myths. I'm serious. Focus. Grind. You will have some level of success if you do the things that we talked about. Yo, so do yourself a favor, maybe do your friend a favor, share the episode, because most certainly we're not the only musicians that suffer from some of these ridiculous myths that uh, have us out here just uh, wasting time. Share the episode, like the uh, episode, give us uh, reviews on major platforms like Spotify and Apple, and uh, yeah, man, that helps us to uh, keep shows coming on a regular basis. Yo, so subscribe to the Success With Music Podcast, Swim, and you can hear us on the next episode when it drops. $10 a gas won't fill the tank, no. This just gets old. I know there's gotta be a better way for me in this life.